Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Hatton with One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I'm joined today, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, my business partner, Mr. Jason Johnston Yellen. Hi, Jason. Hello there, Joshua. It's a pleasure to be with you today, and as always. <laughs> it is always, isn't it? Always and forever. Amen. <laughs> I think it's pronounced Amen. <laughs> I think you're thinking of Chow Men. Oh, right. Yeah. Low Men. I prefer Low Men. <laughs> Veggie Low Men. The, the classic dish of Buddhist monks. <laughs> I meant to say Gregorian monks. It's still early. <laughs> it is early. It's 9.35 in the morning. It is. And we have whiskey in our glasses, because huzzah! <laughs> well, you have whiskey in your glass. I haven't put whiskey in my glass yet. All right. So. Well, I did not know that. Because I am not an alcoholic, Jason. <laughs> yeah, mine's been in for an hour. I don't know what's happened to you. <laughs> um, I tell you what's funny. Yeah. We're doing the, the traditional Jubilee wrap-up podcast. Mm-hmm. which I've now decreed as traditional after one year of doing it. And normally at this point, our <laughs> our voices are broken, our yeah. bodies are broken. Oh, yeah. We have nothing left to give. Oh, yeah. And yet we continue to try and give of ourselves. And this time around, we've had a full weekend to recover from everything that happens on Jubilee Day <laughs> uh-huh. and Jubilee Night to boot. Do you feel recovered? Because I don't. Uh, aside from the fact that I found out yesterday that I need surgery, uh, yeah, I feel totally recovered. <laughs> I feel this... on top of the world. <laughs> They're finally going to circumcise you <laughs> after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny, actually. So that's that does connect to what I was going to tell you. Um, so I wow. found out, so I found out yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good lead-in. I think people are intrigued to see where this goes. Um, <laughs> so, so I found out yesterday that the discomfort that I've been feeling for the last month is a hernia. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. am the latest in my family to have one. My brother, uh, Murray, who gets mentioned plenty. And I love yep. it when people come up to me uh, at shows when I'm pouring. I had it happen last week in New York. A guy came up, what's on the table? And I showed him, including the Spanish rum. He said, oh, that's the rum your brother loves. <laughs> uh, who are you and what's happening right now? And then he said, oh, and, and condolences on your dad. And I said, oh, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate that. And he said, I, I know it's been a while ago for you now, but for me, it's only happened in the last month. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, it turned out the guy was a, a big fan of the podcast. It's actually yeah. Akiva who'd written into us. Oh, yeah. Uh, a yeah, yeah, man yeah. with a new job who was binging us uh, on his new commute to work. Uh-huh. That's so. better than binging something else on your commute to work. <laughs> it is New York City. I'm sure they're binging all sorts of things uh, <laughs> on their dashboards and on the train. So, so yes, yeah, so my brother, who big fan of the Spanish rum, uh, when he was young, he had a, a hernia on one side. He was probably five years old. He had a hernia. And then uh, they had it fixed. And then the next year, he had a strangulated hernia on the next side. Oh, uh, meanwhile, and this is where the story is going, my dad had a hernia for... 40 years, 45 years. Uh, wow. my, my dad's hernia was older than I was uh, when he had surgery on it. I, I felt like I, I lost a brother that day. Um, it wow. was 
yeah, it was a bit striking. But anyway, when my dad, he would have been 65, I think, mm-hmm. when in to have the surgery done. There was some paperwork for him to fill out. And like any Scottish man, he didn't really read the paperwork that closely. And so he, he signed his name, he checked a box, everybody was happy. And when he woke up after surgery, and he, he woke up and they had the big kind of the cage yeah, over yeah. to keep the, the sheets off the, the uh, operated upon area. Mm-hmm. And uh, he lifts up the sheets, peeks under, he looks down and he's like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> They'd circumcised him while he was under. <laughs> and my dad says, uh, um, doctor, this didn't look like this before the surgery. And, and the doctor says, no, you, you checked the box for circumcision when we did the hernia operation. <laughs> My dad goes, I don't remember doing that. His doctor says, I saw the paperwork. You must definitely check the box. Why is there a box for circumcision? Like, it's all right, all right. So, standard operating room procedures, paperwork for patients. Okay. Uh, do they want to have their next of kin close by? Check yes or no. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then you go down the list and then it's, would you like to be circumcised? <laughs> My guess is it's for the younger gentleman who who still has a whole life ahead of him. And um and my dad at 65 probably didn't need to check the box. So so I'll be reading my paperwork very closely, Joshua. And um and if I have that box in front of me, maybe I will I will join you in the tribe. Wow. Wow. I tell you, it's it's always to the penis with those doctors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those guys that work on the penis. It's always the penis with them. <laughs> That's how they got into the trouble they're in today. <laughs> So anyway, yeah. So that that's yeah. that's that's the long way of saying, yeah, more or less recuperated from the jubilee. <laughs> yeah. Well, given our given what happened after the jubilee, had we recorded the next morning, well, you know what? It just would have sounded like our first jubilee post mortem, where we were barely human. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like 80-year-old Floridian grandmothers who smoke four packs of cigarettes a day. <laughs> it was lovely. I had a great time at the Jubilee. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oof. So, yeah, we survived. It was another good one. It was well-received. Came together very nicely in the, in the 11th hour, which is what two busy guys planning a festival for 450 people looks like. I had some really interesting conversations along the way. One of the things, which is my want to do, is to go around table to table and interview people. And I couldn't. <laughs> I literally couldn't. I know we I know we sold the 450 tickets and we had those people in there, but it really felt like more this year. Yeah, I wonder if it was a, a location thing, because I noticed the show starts at 7 and goes till 10. And last year I noticed, you know, maybe an, an hour and a half, two hours in. Um, I, I guess last year it was earlier than that, maybe even just an hour and a half in, halfway through the show, 
I noticed that the main floor was pretty quiet, but I heard that the wraparound rooftop terrace was totally bouncing. Mm. And and I I noticed this year that people stuck around the main floor longer. And it took until maybe 9.30, so two and a half hours into the show, before I realised, oh, okay, now people have been heading upstairs. Uh, yeah. And it's funny, because when people stop by the Single Cast Nation table, they'll actually say, you know, I'm working out whether I should go on the rooftop now and have a cigar and a dram and watch the sunset, or if I should wait and go later and taste more downstairs, mm. get some food while I'm here. It, it's inter- I really like hearing the way people think through their evening and think through their three hours on site where they're trying yeah. to do everything. Yeah. Uh, and I know that you'd had a conversation with our, our good friend, Natalie, a good friend of the podcast, Natalie yes, 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 and yes, Liz. Yes, yeah. And you'd had a conversation with Natalie, one of the only ones I think that you actually got on wax for us. <laughs> yeah. Other than, other than Natalie, well, there were a few different conversations I wanted to have, but there was one in particular that the conversation would start and then it would stop because people would come to talk to the exhibitor and that was mm-hmm. uh, our friend Dave Schmier of Proof and Wood and we were having a great conversation but every table was just you know and and it wasn't people coming just putting their arms out they this is the jubilee people are coming they want to talk to the exhibitor they want to to learn about the brands and Dave was pouring some really interesting things so anyway so I have that recording, but it's just, you know, start, stop, start, stop. But yeah, the one recording I got was with Natalie. So I'm with Natalie, who has been at, you've been at all three of our Seattle Jubilees? Yes, I have. And one of your New York. Now one of your New York, because we're here in New York. And you've been to both of our live podcasts. Yeah. And I think I've been mentioned on something like 80% of the podcasts you've recorded. Me or Liz? That's very true. I don't know how that happened. Well, you know what it is? Your friends. Also, we ask really good questions. You do. You ask really good questions that forces us to do a little homework. Which kind of angers Jason, but I I don't mind the research. The secret is that Liz is incredibly smart, and that leads to incredibly good questions. You've been at Seattle, and now you're in New York. Two very different shows. What are to you? What are the what are the differences between Seattle and New York? I don't know how much of this is that I am less familiar with the distilleries that are readily available on the East Coast, but I have been blown away at this uh, show by how many incredible distilleries I'd never seen or heard of before that are here that I've tasted whiskey from. I am so sad that Liz couldn't be here because I've tried a bourbon that would bring her to her knees because she would love it so much. It's... The whiskey here is really outstanding, and the whiskey in Seattle is also outstanding, but there's just less really out there interesting stuff. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with, I mean, in New York, everything is registered here, right? Like, New York is a massive 
state slash New York City being a city, and everybody has their stuff registered in the state. Washington is a bit, because of the laws, it's a bit tougher, but... Well, I was actually on the way up the elevator, I was talking to some Beam Suntory folks, and they were asking me, well, what is Washington State like um, in terms of the people who drink there? And I said, well, there aren't a lot of us, but we are huge nerds. Yes. We will, if you have an interesting story to tell and good juice in your bottle, we will be yours forever. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the story of Washington State is we've got maybe not, I mean, obviously not as many people as New York City, but the people we have are extremely dedicated. And that's why there's a Seattle Jubilee, as I understand it, oh, yeah. is oh, because yeah. there are enough people there who were willing to just talk up the Whiskey Jubilee and Single Cast Nation. Yeah. No, that, that, that's it. You know, when we did New York and then we brought the event to Chicago, Jason said, we have to, have to, have to be in Seattle because the whiskey scene is filled with people who are hungry for knowledge or hungry for, for learning. And that's what this event, that's what we aim for this event to be. Yeah, and I'm learning a lot. I feel like I came into this event knowing plenty about whiskey, but I'm coming out of it with distilleries to check out, independent bottlers to check out, new flavor profiles to check out. And that's a huge service that you all are doing for not just me, but every whiskey drinker. Thank you. It is interesting. I had a similar conversation with Natalie at the table, probably towards the end of the night. And it is interesting in Seattle where we've got 30 tables and mm. somewhere between 300 and 350 attendees since we kind of um, pulled back on ticket sales a little bit to create a little oh, bit more Seattle, space yeah. in the room. Yeah. And I can imagine transitioning into a room that is 450 sold tickets and 45 tables across three different zones that... There is a lot more work to be done. And mm. it's a great way to talk about the life of the attendee. But we've talked about it many, many times where you want to plan going into a festival. Uh, in, in this case, obviously, the Jubilee. But you want to plan for any festival. You want to have a, a, a plan of attack, an order of tasting. Because if you just walk in there ready to, you know, just ready to take in the night whatever yeah. it has to offer you, yeah. that's that's a big ask. And, <laughs> that's and how I used probably, to roll. Oh, I'm sure that's how all of us used yeah. to roll. Yeah. You just walk into a festival, yeah, I've got a sense of how this goes down, and then you hear from people, oh, you tasted what, and it was where, and who's here, and what? And, and then you just, you know, it gets a little overwhelming. You get two, two and a half hours into a festival, and you realize you're doing it wrong, mm. which... For a thing that you purchase a ticket to attend, you probably should have more fun than, you know, realizing you're doing it wrong. So, <laughs> and so I, I, I'm very, very pleased that there was a, a difference in the, the attending for Natalie and, and for other people. You know, we have Aaron Krauss who, who flies around the country uh, attending yeah. different shows. We've had Michael Nolan uh, attend all three shows uh, on two separate years. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's wonderful for people to get these different experiences and know that 
Jubilee New York is not Jubilee Chicago. Um, I, th- I think it was uh, Shlomo Blaschka with mm. uh, Royal and Kedem. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was talking to me at the end and, and he said, you know, he attends New York and Chicago as an exhibitor. And and even though he's a New York guy, he he likes Chicago more than New York. He thinks Chicago offers something that's very different from New York. Yeah. And I think one part of it is New York is on the 12th floor of a building. Uh, you're schlepping everything up to the 12th floor. <laughs> Chicago yeah. is walk-in, street level. Uh, significant difference as an exhibitor on how you get your liquid there, your banners there, your people there. Um, and so, again, it's just hearing from both sides how New York does this, Chicago does that, Seattle does this mm-hmm. other thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, I'm really pleased that we have three different experiences going on. And it's the reason that people say... You know, you have to bring this to LA. You have to bring this to Miami. Yeah. Um, they want to put their city spin on what we already do with the Jubilee. And while I would love to see it in other cities, it's a ton of planning. It's it's an awful lot of work to make it a reality. It's it's a lot of work for two guys who are also doing a hundred other things. Now we're lucky that we've got our crew. Mm-hmm. During you know the day of for setup for breakdown for for handling things while the event is happening, but all the other stuff is just the two of us and and actually we had we had a, a bunch of journalists there and one of them uh, Aaron Herman had was going around he had a bunch of different cameras microphones things like that and he pulled me aside for an interview and. Had asked me that question of what's next for Jubilee? Like, <laughs> where where are you expanding to now? And and I had to tell him that that it it's it's me and Jason, and and that's it. And we do want to expand, but it's a matter of how do we manage that expansion? And whichever way you look at it, we would just need more uh, more people. To do it, but you know, interestingly, and sort of apropos of what we're talking about here, uh, another conversation I had was with two and then three uh, gentlemen who came up to me, and they, uh, geez, I forget their names, Meyer and uh, yeah, 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 Solomon. They came up to me, and you know, I said, "Boy, their faces look familiar." And their faces looked familiar because we used them in our advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> so it, start, it started off with them looking for royalties, you know, for us <laughs> using their faces. But, um, you know, they, they made a very interesting comment. And, and that was, you know, that they had grown up in whiskey through the lens of Whiskey Jubilee. And so they were coming to our event from day one, and here it is now year seven. And they got to see the show evolve. And to be honest, you know, with when we're looking at the growth of a show, for the past few years, New York has done what New York does every year. And we, we do well. We bring in good exhibitors, good pluralists, good people, cigars, you know, the whole thing. 
and it becomes a great night out. However, these guys said something interesting. They said, you know, I'm so far along in my whiskey exploration that I've tasted a lot of this stuff. And I'm really keen to talk to people, but it's difficult to do that when you've got, you know, 448 other people here that are that are trying to do the same thing as me. And so I'm having a conversation and then an arm goes out in front of me with a guy also looking to have a conversation or ask a question or something like that. And these guys suggested something that you and I just, I don't know if we avoided it or we just didn't really want to deal with it, but they suggested having, uh, you know, a little extra time, like a VIP hour or something like that, where there's fewer people and maybe different pours. And... I don't know what to do there. What do you think? It's definitely something that we avoided in the beginning. And I I think back to, and I say this to people at all the Jubilees, when people are at the table and they're saying, this is, this is amazing, I'm having conversations, I'm learning a ton. This isn't like other whiskey festivals that I attend. Yeah. And and I always say to people, well, you're, you're attending a whiskey festival organized by two whiskey geeks. Yeah. And one of the things that we asked ourselves in the very early days of of Whiskey Jubilee is, what did we want to experience at a festival? And Mm -hmm. we didn't want to be shoulder to shoulder. We didn't want to stick out our hands and say, give me your oldest, give me your smoothest, give give me your most expensive. We wanted to engage with the ambassadors behind the table and learn about their product, hear their full story. We also wanted all of our attendees to be treated like VIPs. That Oh, that's right. That's that's one of the most successful aspects of a Whiskey Jubilee is that if a brand is bringing a good pour, they'll bring a limited quantity of it. And you just have to, like we were saying about Natalie and other attendees earlier, you just have to plan your night so that you are able to hit limited quantities early in the night before they disappear. And so we never really wanted to open the door to um, stratification, mm. right? We mm-hmm. we wanted everybody to be treated the same. I do think there is an element of what these chaps are talking about that we definitely want to take on board because, and I heard a few people say it through the night, we're now attracting a, a different crowd. We're now a, a hot ticket and it's it's a festival to be at. Mm. And, and that might not always bring out the people who want to hear the full conversation, uh, yeah. who want to have a tasting night rather than a drinking night. Um, I heard from one or two exhibitors that for the first time at the Jubilee, they had been asked for their oldest, for their smoothest, for their most expensive. And that's not something we've ever heard from exhibitors at the Jubilee. That's very true. That's very true. And for me, that spoke to, okay, we're a hot ticket, we're a known commodity. We've also said, people come for the food. You know, our, our kosher buffet 
stood us apart. In the early days, nobody was doing a kosher buffet at a whiskey festival. Uh, that helped us stand out. And what it meant was we got to a place where people want to show up for Ari White's food. Mm. And and while they're there for the food, maybe they'll add on some some pours. Maybe they'll have a dram. Maybe they'll go you know, find the gin or what have you. Um, the uh, Brockman's pours. So, so I, I think what what made us stand out was a kosher buffet and a festival bottling, and the ability to speak to the people behind the table. Yeah, I understand if you've done that for seven years in a row. And we've done bottles for six years in a row now. Um, if you've been there, and you've lived that. We do have to shake it up. We do have to think mm-hmm. what else are people looking for at a jubilee. And and I'm I'm not entirely sure what that is. We've heard the first suggestion of a VIP hour. If we did that, I would not want to call it VIP because mm-hmm. uh, those three letters annoy the crap out of me. Yeah, you and me both. Um, yep. And so so we'll have to communicate a VIP hour without it being a VIP hour. Um, so that would be part of it. The other thing I would love is, you know, we have so many people who tell me at the Jubilee, love the podcast. Like I was saying earlier, they know about my brother, they know about my dad, mm-hmm. uh, they, yeah. they know some of our whiskey stories, they know some of our conversations that we're having behind the scenes. Uh, what would they like to see? Um, you know, drop us drop us an email, uh, questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com, no E in yeah. whiskey. Let us take your suggestions. If you've attended in Seattle or Chicago or New York or two of them or all of them, uh, or you're thinking about coming to a Jubilee, drop us a note. What would you like to see? What would, again, be a difference maker? Uh, It's important to us to keep making a difference. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Oh, I like that. We just delegated some of our work to people. Well, it's, it's the people who know, right? Yeah. It's yeah, when you right. and I came, when you and I came up with it. You and I were attending different festivals. You and I would be at festivals saying, "I don't like that." If if we ever do a festival, we're not doing that. Oh, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if we could riff on that. I wonder if we could run with that idea. Um, well, yeah, you could so always we, go ahead. What was the last festival you attended? Uh, Whiskey Jubilee, uh, New York City. Uh, it was the seventh annual event for that show. It's really well done. It's proud of the organizers. Um, <laughs> you know, what was to, your to last be, non-Jubilee event uh, right. that you attended as a punter? Uh, the West Coast Whiskey Phage last year with our Whiskey Geek Tour group. Oh, wow, yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, uh, other than that, uh, it's been a few years since I've been to a Whiskey Fest as a punter. Mm-hmm. Same with Whiskey Live. Yeah, I, I just a whiskey show as a as a punter, just as someone to be there. I, I would say it would be Whiskey Fest maybe three, four years ago. Yeah, I I definitely th- I agree with you. It was the Oban, and it was attending somebody's inaugural event and feeling all of that and knowing what it looks like when... The exhibitors have trusted you for the first time. The attendees have trusted you for the first time. Yeah, uh, yeah. People making food are trying to push their wares for the first time. It's I, I, I felt their growing pains as I was there in attendance. 
Um, and I, I did. I really empathized with their day. And by all accounts, they had a tremendously successful first event. Oh, it yeah. was It was yeah. well attended by punters. It was well attended by exhibitors. Um, but I, And they had their own bottling. I wouldn't say there was anything there that either we weren't doing or we hadn't thought about doing. Yeah, yeah. So as far as stealing their wonderful ideas goes, I don't think uh, that's that's going to work out. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that there is a way to take old themes and make them new again and breathe a little life into them. And and I agree with you. The idea of a VIP hour, I get it. It kind of drives me nuts, especially the word VIP or ultra oh, VIP yeah. or any of this. It just yeah. drives me bonkers. And and yeah. I don't personally like separating one group of people from the next. This Correct. group of people, they're willing to pay more so they get better stuff. This group of people, they're not so they don't get better stuff. I don't really like that. But I think somewhere in there... There, there, there could be a little thread of something in there that we can take away all the nastiness of of what a VIP hour really is when you strip it away uh, and make it something nice. Well, the other thing would be master classes. That would be the way to get different pours and and make a master class a part of your ticket. Yeah. Um, but what, one of the difficulties we've run into, and again, it was a, an area where we tried to be different is we didn't want to be in a hotel ballroom. We just yeah. didn't want to be in a boxy little uh, windowless, characterless space. And so we have gone and found very interesting, eclectic, uh, modern spaces, but they don't come with breakout rooms. <laughs> they don't have <laughs> additional spaces to put tables and chairs and glasses and an ambassador and attendees and I shut a door and talk to them. That's that's unfortunate because mm. I know that for both of us, increasing master classes would be brilliant, absolutely well, brilliant. Yeah, I personally love master classes. That's that is such a great way to learn about a brand or about whiskeys or taste something you've never tasted before. So, yeah, we'll figure it out, man. We will. God knows we don't have time to figure it out, but we will figure it out. <laughs> Earlier on, you had talked about the West Coast Whiskey Phage having their own festival bottling. Yes, and, sir. And I know that's what you're sipping on. You're sipping on the Jubilee Festival bottling, right? I thought you were going to suggest I was sipping on the Oban Festival bottling, which would not have been true. You are... Instead, correct, I am sipping on Whiskey Jubilee New York City, which, oh, it was so wonderful. The number, I, I think I said this after Seattle in our podcast, but once again, the number of people who come straight in the door, come straight to the Single Cast Nation table, immediately ask for the Jubilee taste, and then put their name down on the list, mm. Third, and even before we open the doors, the number of exhibitors who come by, who taste it, who put their name <laughs> yeah. on the list. Yeah. I I get very nervous that I'm not going to have enough whiskey for everybody. I, I honestly think it's going to last 45 minutes. And given that it's something we're trying to sell, um, I'd like everybody who wants to get a taste to get a taste of it. As it was, the bottle uh, magically 
lasted for two and a half of the three hours. Wow, it's like Hanukkah. It was very much like Hanukkah. First 45 minutes, I thought I was in a world of hurt. About an hour and a quarter in, I thought, it's slowing a, a little. Is it slowing enough? And then by two hours, I thought, okay, this is going to work. And then half an hour later, I got bombed again and people finished the bottle for me. So, But it, it went over fantastically well. I don't have the bottling itself. Rather, what like you have, you've got some of the whiskey. Rather, what I have are the two components that went into it. So I'm going to make a blend right here on wax. Okay. Do you want to tell the people who yeah. can't see you what they're doing? Oh, uh, yeah. Doing? So so I just unscrewed the top to a 75CL bottle, which is to the uh, Americans out there, otherwise known as a 750ML. And we have... If, so both of these whiskeys are MGP whiskeys, and the first one I'm going to pour is the rye. It's a five-year-old rye, and it's standard. It's you know 95% rye, 5% malted barley. You know your typical MGP rye, but five years and delicious. And then the other thing that I'm going to pour into it is the 12-year-old. MGP bourbon, but it's a high rye bourbon. And one of the things that I want to point out here when it came to making this blend, because we came up with the blend, is we needed to... Watching you put those two together, yeah. it's like, here's a big splash of this ingredient. Here's a little splash of this ingredient. I have now made the same blend that Jason poured last week. <laughs> It's all science. It's all science. I count for each pour. I, I counted in my head: one eleven, two eleven, three eleven. You know. Oh boy! Oh boy! If there's anything that we learned from our from the very first blend we ever did, that was the High West Collaborative Blend, was that. To make a good blend, you need good ingredients. And so we received a bunch of rye samples, a bunch of bourbon samples, selected our two favorite casks, so one bourbon, one rye, and then started playing with the ratios. Uh, we knew we wanted a high rye blend here. In fact, someone had said, oh, so this is kind of like boar rye, High West's boar rye, which I think is mm -hmm. more bourbon than it is rye. This is more rye than it is bourbon. And also full cast yep. strength. I think this comes to 53% uh, alcohol, somewhere around there. Yep. Yep. No, that, that's what's on the label, 53%. Oh. I oh, that's, that's a good marriage right was, there. Well, and I was, that's exactly what I was about to talk about for... For people who have been following our, our Jubilee bottlings, the labels, the story that's being told, uh. we've had this kind of r romantic tale being told that started with a, a young chap sitting on his stoop by himself, moving into a, a date in the next label, moving into an engagement in the next label, and then, and then a bit of travel happened for a while. And mm -hmm. so we finally, the engagement uh, became a marriage and how else would you celebrate a marriage of two uh, 
<laughs> made-up label characters than <laughs> with a marriage of whiskies, and uh-huh. so that's that's where the the twelve-year-old uh, bourbon and the five-year-old rye came together as a marriage to celebrate what was happening on our label, and um, our two uh, hero and heroine are on our label. You are the officiant, Joshua yes. Hatton. I am the best man. And we also have Mo McAuliffe, our artist through so much of our our whiskey exploits. Uh, we finally had Mo put herself on the label. Yes. And yeah. and, and that's it. It's, it's the five of us under the chuppah. And it just looks remarkable. It makes me incredibly happy looking at it. And... Of course, mm-hmm. on top of that, having people compliment what was in. You know, we're always careful of toning the line between gimmicky, where we're trying to tell a story and have a label convey something interesting, and having very good, top quality whiskey product in the bottle. And so right. it always makes me happy when people like the label, they're attracted by the label. Um, they tell me it, it looks good and, and, and fits everything else we've done and then also thoroughly enjoy the whiskey inside. Yeah, well, this is that rare, one of those rare instances where we have where we get out of our comfort zone. I think both of us are pretty good at picking whiskey that we would like to drink, right? That's, that's the target in the end. We want to pick whiskey that we want to drink. Making whiskey that we want to drink uh, is a whole, it's a horse of a different color. Well, bust my buttons! Why didn't you say that in the first place? That's a horse of a different color! Come on in! Indeed. And to hear the compliments uh, that they that they enjoyed the blend, that, that it's a, a different take on, on what they're used to for American whiskey, and a damn good different take at that yeah that made me that made me feel good yeah very much so and so this is the penultimate bottling in the in the tail mm-hmm. we That's will right. we will conclude our 13 bottle series in chicago is it 13 or 12 November. i think we counted 12 oh yeah you're right yeah, you say I'm bad at numbers. Where did I get? Th- I'm re- where did I get thirteen from? I don't know. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Chicago will be twelve. Okay, Chicago will be, be the twelfth and final. Yeah. All so right. let, let's be very clear here because we, you and I, have never talked about this to anyone, and now you just laid it all on wax. Um, I feel like it's our listeners. I feel like they know how to keep a secret. <laughs> So, so yes, this storyline, this particular label series will come to an end and the conclusion of, of the journey that the, the hero and heroine, aka Chaya is her name, their story will conclude. That doesn't mean the Whiskey Jubilee Festival bottling goes away. Oh, definitely not. No, 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 no. I want to be very clear there. The Bottling is yes. not going to go away. No, 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 no. In fact, we have a a very 
interesting set of Easy. irons in the fire for 2019. All right, don't tell anybody about any of these irons. I think that was pretty good hinting. That you know what that was for the first time you've hinted. You've hinted well, sir. See, you you suddenly exploded with a, 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 an adeptness with numbers that nobody has seen previously. <laughs> and so you you inspired me to take my hinting to the next level. And wow. so I I'd, I'd like I'd like to thank my mother. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank my friend, business partner yeah. Joshua yeah. for yeah. you know one gave me life and the other one inspired me to just go above and beyond. So this is a wow. proud day. Thank you. Thank you. I was waiting for you to uh, to thank the academy as well. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I like the Academy anymore. There's, there's a bunch of wankers in the Academy. I'm not sure. Um, what was I going to say, Joshua? Um, well, yeah. the, the, the cynicism of some people came out in New York. Oh, interesting. When, uh, when after seeing the marriage, a number of people asked if the Knicks label would, would be in a divorce court. That's mm. that's that's cynical. That's pessimistic. It's whiskey that binds these people together on our labels. Pessimistic and or that, pessimistic? It sounded like you said pessimistic. Which you never want a pessimistic off. I mean <laughs> come on, right? <laughs> to be honest though, she does see it coming. <laughs> Uh, that's interesting. So were they, were they being serious or were they just trying to be funny? They were trying to be funny. And it didn't work. And so it gives, it gives me one more chance to get A, a pregnant lady on a label and B, a baby on a label. Um, I, I, I think we might send a, a half a dozen labels to the TTB and, uh, see if we can confuse them into approving a baby on a label or a preg- pregnant lady on a label. Oh, I'm actually, I am all about sending multiple labels to the TTB. This way, no one knows what's going to happen. There's, there are certain people that that scour the TTB for new labels and, 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 and ruin it for the people who want to surprise people. I'm going to ruin the ruiners. Let's do that. Love it. <laughs> so, time to transition away. Do you have? Well, I had a I had a question for you. Okay. I think I I have perhaps the most important question for you. Okay. What were things like for you behind the table? Busy. <laughs> I it, it was amazing. I was swamped early, just like I'm saying. Yep. Um, we featured our single cast nation retail bottles. I think I had six of them on the table mm-hmm. and then the Jubilee bottle in the middle. Uh, we had promised a little taste of some wild turkey and we left it in Connecticut along with our <laughs> banner. Um, and so for those people who don't believe the wild turkey bottles are real, um, that that really furthered the conspiracy theory. So, yay, we <laughs> promised it. We didn't deliver it. Yay. Um, uh, but all they have to do is go on Facebook. <laughs> Pictures are being posted everywhere. People are getting their bottles and enjoying said um, bottles. What will also be good is by the time this episode goes live, the last of the Jubilee bottles will have shipped out as well. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. It has taken us three weeks 
to get through three minutes of orders. It is a remarkable uh, achievement <laughs> and something that astounds me uh, each time I, I put together the sheet. Um, so, so anyway, so I had the retail bottlings. I then had the the um, the Jubilee bottle in the middle, and I was swamped, absolutely swamped. And then a, a magical thing happened. Okay, Mark Gillespie of Whiskey Cask, the the oh, wonderful yeah. Whiskey Cast, showed up to interview me. Yeah. About the Great Isla Swim Bottle. Oh, right. Yeah. That had been the focus of our afternoon masterclass, the focus <laughs> we, of our live which, podcast recording. <laughs> which we're only mentioning 48 minutes into this, yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. that will go live uh, two episodes after this one goes live. Mm-hmm. Great, great day. I'm not going to say much more about it. Just look out for that live podcast coming to you. When Mark Gillespie showed up, the seas parted. The Lord of hosts will do battle for us. Behold his mighty hand. People who had been deep in conversation, people who were tasting through the line, Mm. everybody took one or two steps back from the table. And there's, there's a photo and it's just me talking to Mark Gillespie about the Great Isla Swim release, and there's nobody around us. They were all two steps back. They were the ones taking the photos. Wow. Wow. Okay. (laughs) And I I spoke to Mark for maybe three minutes, four Mm. minutes, something like that. And it was was remarkable. And, And I found myself thinking, in years gone by, if Mark Gillespie of Whiskey Cast had just shown up at my table and put a microphone in front of my mouth, I would have shit the bed and <laughs> gone totally wooden. Um, the Great Isla Swim Bottle. Yes, that <laughs> we are proud it is. <laughs> and, and instead, you know, given that you and I do this podcast every two weeks, microphones are in front of us, we're putting microphones in front of other people, we're sitting with other people with microphones in front of us and yeah, all of them. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to Mark and just talking to Mark's listeners and yeah. just, oh yeah, that's the Great Isla Swim and here's what we put together for it. Unfortunately, I couldn't remember the URL for it. So the, the purchasing of an open makes it a little more difficult, but uh, we will get ahead of that story. And I looked at the URL yesterday. It's a complicated little URL. Well, there's there's a reason for that. Because it's hidden and we don't want people to find it. (laughs) It's a hidden URL. We don't want it to go too quickly because, you know, there's about 100 bottles that we will be selling. Fewer. Fewer than 100. Uh, Yeah, now, Sure. And there's still events to do and, and people to pour it for and and things to get out about it because it's not just about the bottling itself. It's telling the story of the swim. There's the, the movie that goes along with it, which the documentary is stunning. I can't wait till it's completed. The big thing about this and the reason why we are spacing out everything, you know, not giving the URL to everybody is we are looking to go around, tell people about the swim, pour whiskey for people, let them taste the whiskey that came from the swim, show them the documentary that, that highlights this amazing journey 
and we want to continue doing this so we can raise money for RNLI, Royal National Lifeboat Institute, who is the recipient of all these charitable funds that we're trying to raise through the bottling, through the movie, etc. And if we just put the URL out in front of everybody, mm-hmm. even though it's a $500 bottle, yeah, it's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime bottle. Yep. Um, you know, you've got whiskey from all eight working island distilleries in this. Yep. And, yeah, so we want to spread it out a little bit. Yeah, no, and, and so far, so good. It's It's been very protected by us. But mm-hmm. last week, pouring it, having a, a a version of a launch for those that attended the masterclass, it was the first time we'd tasted it uh, with a group of people, and it went over fantastically well. And, and I'm glad that we can have a, a whiskey that lives up to the achievement of Justin and Chad and Johnny and the achievement of all those who supported them in that expedition. Um, The the whiskey for us has to sing. It has to be every bit as good. Uh, I feel like our effort on that side, thinking about what's in the cask, how's it maturing, is it ready, where do we go from here, what's the bottle look like, Mm. that's our contribution to this expedition. Yeah. And we need our contribution to be as good as the swimmers, the safety team, the boat captain who followed them around, uh, all the people on Isla who supported this. Mm. Our effort needs to be as good. And thankfully, last Thursday, the suggestion from everybody in the room was damn fine whiskey. Oh, gosh, yeah. That but more, is so good. Yeah. But more, more, more when that episode drops. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that is not the episode after this one. This will be the first July episode, the Great Isla Swim Masterclass. Yeah, so that, that will be the first July. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Perfect. So, cool, cool, cool. so all in all, another successful Jubilee. Very pleased with the attendees. You know, know that we continue to listen to our attendees. We have internal conversations. We're enrolling. Um, the help of our listeners to to continue to innovate and mm. put an interesting uh, festival in front of people. So, yeah, it's onwards and upwards as always for us. That's yeah. We're always looking to improve. Sometimes we pull it off. Sometimes it's possible. Sometimes it's not. But we're always working on it. news we need to talk about or should we go to to emails there were some emails that i wanted to to cover do we want to reiterate the the announcement that was made on hello from the magic tavern mm. uh, on the uh, june 4th episode yeah where we we sent in some some copy for an announcement about the collaboration the Stones of Sten Ness, 13-year-old, heavily peated, heavily sherried, uh, non-Scapa Orkney distillery release. And a date was announced for launch. Are, are you talking to me or are you talking to the listeners? Because if you're talking to me, I know exactly what you're talking about. You don't need to keep spelling it out. I, I get it, man. I get it. 
the question is, do we want to tell our listeners to go listen to the June 4 episode to hear the announcement date? We do. Or, given that they're listening to our podcast, should we tell them the announcement date? We should do both. <laughs> uh, they also were kind enough to to announce our interview with Adol Rafai, one of yeah, their nice. uh, voice actors on Hello from the Magic Tavern, and and I think a good friend of ours. And um, yeah, and so you were saying you saw a boost in numbers for the the Adol Rafai episode. It's pretty amazing. Once, once that episode of Hello from the Magic Tavern with our ad went live, which was, it was June 4, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Last it Monday. Was the, it was the rough, Ruffled Feathers episode. That was episode, a good episode as well. Right? With the twins. Good episode. I've, I've, like, our ad aside, I've listened to that three times because it's brilliant. It, it is, is so funny. I had a few LOL Moments, like actual LOL moments. <laughs> so what was your question? Sorry, I got so excited about Hello from the Magic Tavern, I forgot to answer your question. So do we want to tell people that it goes live July 2nd at 10 a.m.? Or do we want to send them to Hello from the Magic Tavern so that they hear from them that it goes live July 2nd at 10 a.m. East Coast time? I'm just keeping all this in. <laughs> <laughs> So is that July 2nd at 10 a.m. East Coast time? Yeah. So here's the one bit of news that we are going to report. Are you ready for it, Jason? I'm more ready for what you actually keep in the final episode when I listen back to it. I I don't know if I'm ready for that. (laughs) (laughs) Those of you who listened to the Hello from the Magic Tavern Uh, It was the episode that was launched on June 4. It was the Ruffled Feathers episode with the two silly twins. Uh, We'll have heard an ad about our collaborative bottling, the Stones of Stennes, 13-year-old PX cask matured whiskey. Right? What else would they have? What's that? From Orkney. From Orkney, which is not from the Scapa distillery. Oh, I can tell you unequivocally. It is not from Scapa, but I cannot tell the listeners from which distillery it has come on Orkney. Like, like if it were from Highland Park, you'd be like, no, I can't tell you that it totally came from Highland Park. No, we cannot say the words Highland Park and associate them with this whiskey. So, because this whiskey definitely did not come from Highland Park. Why would you ever think that? I know it didn't come from Scapa. So the other oh, you thing were, that, that's yeah. why you were winking. Now I get it. Okay. Was I winking? So Oh, now I get it. That's why I was winking. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully you were not wanking. That would have been <laughs> grotesque. Not that I think you're an unattractive man, but yes. It's not that type of podcast, Joshua. Hold on. I'm almost done. Okay. I have to tell you this. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Wait, 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 we didn't we didn't finish our story. We'll come back to it. I have to say, and and I I regret that I never had a chance to even speak to the gentleman. But you caught a guy winking. <laughs> no, the person I'm about to mention is going to love this transition. Neil Firetog 
attended our masterclass. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And, and Neil Firetog is a, is a chap who last year <laughs> we saw him at a tasting uh, for the Beastmasters. Yes. We, were, we were at the podcast for the Beastmasters. And he came up and he was just standing, we were saying hi, and you and I were talking. And at one point, Neil Firetog says, it's always the penis with you, Joshua. And, <laughs> and I just busted up laughing at that time last year. He was somebody who's sitting in the master class. I just watched him giggling all oh, the way through <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. It was it was magnificent to to see him front and center laughing through that. So when I so when I just made the reference to it's always the penis with you, Joshua, made me think of Neil Firetog. Sorry, Neil. And <laughs> and then Neil giggling away. So yeah. sorry I never got to speak to you, Neil. It was absolutely wonderful having you at the podcast. And uh thank you as always for all your support. Um we we're big fans of yours as well. Yeah, I was hoping to see Meredith too at the masterclass, but she showed up uh, she showed up later. I ended up seeing her out of the corner of my eye with Neil. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, somebody else I didn't get to say hello to. But yeah. as the night goes, I have to allow these things to wash over me. I can't say hello to everybody on, as much as I would love to. So so, so back to the announcement. Sorry, yeah, I just had to do an aside. Hello. Speaking yes. of hello. So back to the announcement. Uh, <laughs> Tenuous. <laughs> but well done for trying. I, I like the fact you, you did your best. Yeah. A for effort. Um, in the, the June 4 episode, you'll get to hear a fun little ad. Now, f- for us, for Jason and I, I mean, this is, this is our favorite podcast. It was mind-boggling to hear it. Absolutely <laughs> mind-altering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, they, so they talk about the bottling. They tease it at the very beginning. And then you've got to listen through to the end of the episode. Uh, to get the full details, which we're about to give to you here, but we we want you to um, we want you to go and listen to that episode anyway because it's just brilliant. Do you want to deliver the news or should I? Dropping live on July second, two thousand and eighteen. Stones of Stenness, 13-year-old collaborative bottling with a lot for the Magic Tavern. Ten a.m. Eastern Time, singlecasknation.com. It will go live on the website, mm-hmm. so you will not only have to rely on an email blast. I'm thinking we will send an email blast at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on July 2nd, letting you all know the website goes live at 10 a.m., and on the Facebook page as well. Absolutely. The, the link will go live. Uh, th- these will be $135 a bottle, one bottle per person. That's it. And Want to share the love again? Yep. And this will start shipping somewhere around mid-July. That is correct. There you go. That's, that's really the biggest news. It's the only news I care about right now. I was telling a, a friend of mine last night, she is a big Hello from the Magic Tavern fan, and mm. she had heard nothing about our release. Oh. And I just happened to have a small sample of it on me. Yeah. And she was she was breathless with anticipation. I see you shiver with anticipation.
Patient. And it, it just goes to show what Hello from the Magic Tavern represents, what Single Cast Nation represents. We bring both of those together. Very, very exciting. Speaking of Hello from the Magic Tavern fans, I think it's I think it's a really good time to bring in an email that we got from a Hello from the Magic Tavern f- fan. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, what's funny is... We've answered his questions. Oh, okay. So I don't know if we... <laughs> That's funny. We just answered his question. Uh, so I don't know if it makes sense to read it now. Absolutely. I, yeah. I certainly haven't read it. Give, a, give the person a shout out and let's hear their original words and then we can reiterate what we just okay. covered. Good, 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 good. Uh, a quick reiteration though. <clears throat> Hold on. I'm not the one that backs it up constantly, Joshua. This email is from Josh... Lovey, Lovey, Levy, L O E V Y. I don't know how one pronounces that name. When the Lovey breaks. Oh, you have no place to stay. Mm-de-de-de-de-de-de. Moving on. <laughs> it says, Hey guys, I just found your podcast via the Magic Tavern collaboration. Woohoo! <laughs> said, I'm still listening to the interview. So this was uh, us interviewing Adel Rafai. Awesome. He says, I'm a big fan of whiskey, and Jason, you'll be happy to know he spelled whiskey without the E. Oh, a learned, a learned gentleman. Yeah. He says, though I'm a relative novice to the breadth of whiskey, how do I get my hands on a bottle of Stones of Stenness? There you go. Best, Josh. And so, actually, he and I had some back and forth via email. And, uh, and anyway, so... So, Josh, if you're listening to this, you will have heard uh, the bottling goes live July 2nd. We'll begin shipping somewhere in mid-July, and they're $135 a bottle, one per person. And it goes live at singlecastnation.com. Yeah. I feel like for an online purchase, supplying the URL is is an important detail. Yeah, single kit, that's a good point. Thank you. It's okay. I knew you were reading something else. So, <laughs> so we got an email from Shane Holden, who's written in before. Okay, welcome right. back, Shane. Thank you. Welcome back. And he is a, uh, a, a Canadian guy from Canada. So, oh, we're we're at war with Canada right now, are we uh, not? Uh, uh, apparently, uh, uh. W- the last thing that I heard is that there's a special place in hell for our friends and allies. <laughs> so, um, Shane, I, I apologize for that. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, we are at war with Canada. I believe we've always been at war with Canada. Oh, right. Okay. And that's a George Orwell 1984 reference, Joshua. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Learn it. it okay. It's, it's been years. It's been many years. Anyway, so it says... So con- continue on with this email from our national enemy. <laughs> so I love the intro. He just says, J Gents. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That was well done. He's yes. playing it safe. Man, that's that, That's why we're at war with Canada. They're just so bloody yeah. nice. That's, yeah. That's why America had to take them out. Sorry, Canada. You're too nice. <laughs> Jay Gents. Love it. What else does he say? He says, guys, you are killing me. What's the big reveal <laughs> you touched upon in your mailbag episode? Oh, gosh. Referencing plans for Canada. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, good on him. 
He says, uh, I'm about to be moving from Winnipeg, roughly above North Dakota, and and e- and an equally desolate Westland uh, <laughs> wasteland. But I I do like that he basically told me where Winnipeg was because absolutely I didn't really know. Oh, he no. said um, Canada's a big place. We're so at war with all of it. He's moving from Winnipeg to the nation's capital out east in Ottawa. He says, please, please don't tell me, whatever your plans are, that they aren't going to be limited to Western Canada. So we're still not at liberty to say too much about it, given um, that I perfected hinting earlier. I'm going to demonstrate that that is not a permanent change for me. And I'm going to say one of the things we're working on changing is we've only been available in Alberta. Uh-huh. Which, and, which I reiterated to him, you know, we are available in Alberta. And bring him more in. And so it's our present, our, it's our presence towards the West that we're actually trying to alter. And we cannot say any more at this time. There you go. But it's good to know we've got fans in Ottawa, and it's good to know we had a fan in Winnipeg. Yeah. Cool. Lovely. Thanks for following up, Shane. I appreciate that. And Jay Gents is terrific. That's well done. Yeah. Yeah. And now back to war with Canada. So there's one more question that we that we got, and this is from Liz of Natalie and Liz fame. Awesome. Wonderful callback within the episode. Yep. And she says, question for Joshua. Awesome. Says, and apologies if you've already answered this and I forgot. <laughs> Liz forgets nothing. Just for the record, Liz has got a steel trap of a mind. She is. She's very impressive. <laughs> she says, how did you initially start working in spirits importation? All right. That's an interesting one. I, I actually, I could have started in spirits importation earlier than I have. But let's let's start from the very beginning. And I'll make quick work of this story here. <laughs> from the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of that. <laughs> start towards the very end. The date was December 6th, 1973. Bridgeport, Connecticut. <laughs> I needed more of a, a William Shatner tone to it. I... <laughs> I can't do that. Oh, gosh, it would be terrible. Our relationship, well, let's put it this way. Single cast, ha, 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 ha. Oh, my God, let me back it up. My parents. (laughs) Single cast nation whiskeys have always been imported by Impex Beverages. That is Uh, true. Correct? Yes, sir. We we have had a, a good friendship and personal working relationship with Impex for quite some time. And and actually, early on when we first started this with them, they had asked me if I was interested in, in working with them. But you know, as a relatively new father, or at least I had young kids at home, and you know, knowing that whiskey work would be kind of difficult as far as being on the road goes and late nights goes and all that. It, it just, it wasn't the right time for me. So then that was around 2011, 2012. Fast forward to 2015 and the offer was made 
once more. And my kids were older, and we were a bit more established in, in our home and our family life. And, and that's it. I was asked to be their representative of the Northeast. But how did the relationship with Impex first start? I mean, it started really, Jason, with you and I when we were bloggers and Impex Beverages was one of the few places where we would get samples from. Yeah, there's always been one thing for Impex and Sam Filmus, uh, president over there. They always believed in the power of bloggers and blogging. And even to this day, it's still important to them to get samples into the hands of people who are online. And whether that's a blog or whether that's Instagram or even whether it's a YouTube channel, um, they see the power of social media. Mm. And Sam has seen the power of social media uh, for the better part of a decade. Oh, yeah. uh, and, oh, yeah. and I think that's to be applauded that he saw the potential for it. And yeah, we had the, the very good fortune of of receiving samples from Impex and, and representing what they were doing across the U.S. on our blogs, yeah. and 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 Sam is a is a terrific chap, and we've had a, a wonderful oh, yeah. oh, personal yeah. relationship with him and a wonderful business relationship with him um, that continues to this day and and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. yeah yeah kudos to them kudos to you. For uh, for jumping into that realm, it it fits your skills perfectly. Well, thank you, sir. I think that that is it for emails right now. We've got a couple more, can, but can I throw in one oh, thing? Yeah, this, this is yeah, yeah. there's not really a place for this within the episode, so I'm just gonna tag it on right here where we find ourselves. Tag it. I was I was listening to the the download of our Metzcal episode. And I had some difficulties with the audio, oh, yeah. And and I believe I, I wasn't alone. We've we've had a lot of feedback on it. People saying, you know, <laughs> "Here we are once again." I was saying this to somebody just yesterday. It's a two-hour episode it's once a two again. Two-hour episode. <laughs> once again, it reminds me of our our early days, and we discussed early days with Adol Rafai. Um, Let's do a 35-minute podcast. Let's do part of an interview. Let's do a misconception. And let's do some questions. And, uh, and yeah, we'll probably get in and out in 35 minutes. And every time I see an hour and a half episode, a two-hour episode, it just blows me away. And then the fact that two hours after it goes live, people are emailing us. Like, that was fantastic. I learned a whole ton. Like, thank you for sharing so much about Metzgal. Um <laughs> And so, so I know that some people, you know, braved through any, any issues, any audio issues that they had on their end. You, sir, and I commend you, as I always do, went back to the, the original file and you improved upon it. And you mm. said, this shall not stand. Uh, the dude minds. This will not stand. You know, this aggression will not stand. And so I just wanted to put a shout out. And partly this is my, my own shout out to myself is if you gave up on the episode because of the audio, please go back to yeah, it yeah. and and listen to the fixes that were made. Make, you know, words clearer and, you know, the, the transition of knowledge easier. Uh, I'm going to go back and listen to the podcast this afternoon and, um, yeah. and, and bypass some of those audio issues that we had. Um, it was a little jarring. I kept hearing myself way far over yeah. in the, the right side of my headphone earbud. And uh, you fixed that. 
there was a lot to fix. So yeah, all in all, the editing went pretty well, but I only had X number of hours to do it. And then, you know, I had a full week with Ollie Chilton of Elixir Distillers. And mental week. basically what I did is I had to put listening back to it after I exported it, mastered it and everything. I had to put that on the back burner with the hopes mm. that I can listen to it later before I uploaded it. But our morning became afternoon, became evening, became late night. And by the time we got back to the hotel, I think, you know, we got back into the hotel sometime around 1230, at which point I said, crap, I've got to upload this because it's got to go live on the Wednesday. Uh, so I never got a chance to listen back. And it was as if all of the gain was at, at full tilt. Yeah. And so I've done a lot of tweaking. It's a lot better than it was. It's still not 100% perfect, but man, is it, uh, it is. I'm very happy with it. I'm very happy with it. Yeah, we still had a microphone issue on my end. Um, you know, obviously, Nature of the Beast, you are using a multi directional recording implement uh, to get Arik in his car while driving to the distillery uh, in Oaxaca. There, there are elements that we set up for ourselves that will always be hard to overcome. But, uh, you know, I had a, the microphone issue on my end. Um, we, we worked diligently to overcome it for this episode. So yeah. hopefully everything's back in balance. Yeah. And, um, yeah, please uh, do revisit the Mezcal episode. It is fascinating. And as always, the emails have started coming in. Can I get a bottle? How do I get the bottles? Where will the bottles be? One will be coming to online and one will be going to retail. Uh, we did announce that in the podcast. We did say exactly what was going where. We talked about exactly how it was discovered. Um, so please please go back in yeah. and re-listen. And then, of course, we'll put Facebook reminders and email reminders uh, as, it, as it reaches the point of release. Yeah, the, the other thing that I will mention too, because we discussed a spirit type that we'd never discussed before. And while we're comfortable with our own palates, that's different than being comfortable with the words and terminology that are around a spirit that we're not used to drinking. I need to say there, there were a couple times when I was referring to the bars in Oaxaca as mezcalados rather than what they are. They're mezcal, mezcalerias. A mezcaleria okay. is where you go to taste. And this this one has their own mezcal. This other one has their own mezcal. A mezcalado is someone who makes mezcal. There you go. So uh, I like it. Yeah. I like it when people reach out in whatever form to, to correct. It shows, you know, we're, we're never above the audience. Um, Joshua. Yes, sir. Anything else to add or are we ready to give our fine listeners ways to contact us and, and then get out of here and we can continue catching up from our week away? People can email us. Does that answer your question? At questions at one nation under whiskey.com. They can tweet at us like Liz did, and that is at one nation whiskey. They could send us an Instagram message at one nation under whiskey. And then finally, if you go to Facebook, uh, and that's facebook.com, by the way, Jason. Thank you. If you look in the search bar, just search up one nation under whiskey, you'll find our group page. 
as well as our sort of businessy page. But come and join the group. We've got a little over 500 people in the group, and I'd love to see that continue to grow. And as a reminder, whiskey, as far as we're concerned, is never spelled with the E, at least not in anything that we do. Whiskey without the E. Regular listeners know that very well. So that's it, man. I don't have anything else. That's good, though. Let's... We had a two-hour episode. This will probably come in somewhere around the hour mark. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just want to reiterate that when we are at the Jubilees in three different cities and people come up and they just tell us how much they love our podcast. I've now got people telling me how much they love Hello from the Magic Tavern. Yeah, Just it's that ongoing community building and people come up and they know about my brother. They know about my dad. They, you know, they, they know things about our lives. They know your 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 kid's situation. Mm. You know your your work with Impex. It's it's really nice to have people who are invested in us mm. and interested in us. And I, and I always want the listeners to know that when when all of you come up and you talk to us, I love hearing about you. I I love knowing what you're doing, how you got into whiskey, where your palate lies. That's always been of interest to me, mm-hmm. even before we had a company, even before we had a podcast. It's a community and it goes both ways. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there, there, there are lots of people that I thoroughly enjoy seeing at our festivals who come out and support us and they always get hugs. And it's brilliant. It's mm. absolutely a, a wonderful, wonderful life. Yep. Angel got its wings. Oh, look at that. If you want to put a real ding-a-ling over that horrific sound effect from my mouth, I would appreciate that. Can I just put this song, my ding-a-ling? <gasps> That's a fucking brilliant song. Fucking, but it's Chuck Berry and we don't like Chuck Berry anymore. Do we Do we not? Wait, why, why do we not like Chuck Berry anymore? Pedophile. Is he raping kids again? Don't know if we need the again. <laughs> <laughs> Is he sharing It's not his... the again that caused us to fall out with him. <laughs> Is he sharing his cell with, uh, what's his name, Jared Kushner? Or, or no, Jared from uh, from Subway. Maga. <laughs> uh, Mount again, again. What? It's been a pleasure, Joshua Hatton. It always is, Jason Johnston, Yellen. Until the live podcast from Whiskey Jubilee, New York City afternoon. Until oh, I tell you, Joshua. Oh. As we get out of here now, holy moly! When we introduce <laughs> what we did with Ollie Chilton from Port Askig. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I, I hope none of our wives are listening. Because we did something dangerous, foolish, and foolhardy. It was so stupid. It was so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Until the next episode. Until the next episode. Chin chin. Chin chin. is over. <clears throat>